Hello everyone. Before we begin with our episode, just a quick note that unfortunately during post-production, I discovered that my audio was unrecoverable. Thankfully, I do have the audio from the camera. It isn't of the best quality, but hey, at least it's something. So here we go. Here is episode 51 as per normal. And once again, sorry for the poor audio. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Kano. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we're your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of our voices crack and we can't speak ever again. It sounds like. Oh gosh, you know, you, know, you <laughs> say that and like I, I literally have the air condition on now because we, it's quite warm at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. I can already feel because it's on. And I'm going to be talking a lot that I might croak a little bit as we as we progress yep. with the episode. For those of you who are regular listeners, welcome back, bitches. <laughs> if you're new to Gettle, welcome to one of the internet's premier podcasts for gaming, entertainment, technology, and lifestyle, all wrapped up in a wonderful geeky. I keep thinking about boots, so I'm just going to say boots. Okay, so I we can Toy Story over the weekend. Yeah, so. it's a good thing that it's a boot so that I can kick you in the ass for next week's yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, welcome everybody to Ghetto Fifty One or Season Two, Episode Nine. Uh, we have some wonderful good thingies for all of you to enjoy this episode. But before we begin, as per usual, Eduardo, how are you doing? Good. I'm actually very good. Um, but oh, you though, funny, as you know, yes, because um, I was just going to say, you, you yeah. even told me that he fell this morning. <laughs> yes, and uh, I was all like, "How?" Was, <laughs> I don't know. I, by the way, I never told you this. I fell the other day off the stairs um, and cracked my phone even further. So, no, Edward. Yep. What is this? Uh, what I don't is know. Um, uh, back? <laughs> That day, my leg was very sore. Today, it's not at all. So I'm well, actually good today. I, I think I think you don't have full detection on your Apple Watch, do you? No, no, this Apple Watch doesn't. <laughs> Can you just imagine? <laughs> like, Hi, no, I'm 29, but I keep falling. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a klutz. It happens. <laughs> okay, well, it, other than that, I'm glad that you're well. I'm sorry yeah, about the iPhone. Um, that is um, mm. That is never nice. And nobody ever really wants to know that their screen is cracking. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Shit happened. What about you? <laughs> I am okay. Uh, from last week, things are good. Actually, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm good. So y'all are glad that I'm good. So let's move on. Uh, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what I wanted to say was I actually really enjoyed the unedited aspect of last week's episode. Mainly because it took me like 15 minutes to put the episode together when normally it takes me like hours you know to listen to things and so edward and i are going to try our best to continue to have unedited episodes going forward as much as possible anyway <laughs> welcome to a new era of ghetto <laughs> yeah if you could call it that i suppose right yeah it's a new arc uh, yeah, that's right, because it's season two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Still need y'all's feedback about that, by the way. Uh, all right, so back into what we normally do, some reviews. Not very many previews anymore. And then content, and then NSFW. <laughs> so, Ed, shall we launch straight into it? 
Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Awesome, awesome. Right. So last week I alluded to Apple Fitness Plus. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who are long-term listeners, you'll know I've spoken about it in the past. I, I really do enjoy keeping active. My body, the way that it looks, says otherwise. But I generally like to keep active and to do things, all right? And one of the things that has really been keeping me going is Apple Fitness Plus. It's it's absolutely incredible. It's one of those services that is now bundled with the Apple One family plan. Um, you can subscribe to it separately, of course, as well. And, you know, at first glance, or, or rather when it was initially debuted, I was like, hmm, you know, just another fitness subscription service. Is it going to be any good? You know, like we have Chris Hemsworth with, with his center fit and there's, you know, a few other people. And of course, mm. a, it's an absolutely massive um, like industry on Instagram with like every second person that has a, you know, like a Greek body is selling some sort of fitness plan that you can subscribe to, you know. Especially now. With Especially now with COVID. And so now look, it goes without saying, y'all know I'm an Apple fan. Edward is an Apple fan too at the moment, but we'll speak about that in just a moment. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what, let me... Let me give it a shot. And I have been so exceptionally surprised. I want to put it on record that Apple Fitness Plus is exceptional. Honestly, I've used it for months now. So since it debuted, I've been using it. And for those of you who are interested to know exactly what it is, think of it as a service that gives you, you know, curated video content based around being active, whether that's Mm. cycling or being on a treadmill or rowing or HIIT or yoga or strength training, even dancing. The app cases to almost any kind of physical movement to keep you active and going. But more so than that, it's done in a really incredible way because Apple's devices all work together. And what I mean by this is that let's assume you're like me and you have the Apple Watch, the iPad, the iPhone, and an Apple TV, right? Maybe one Mm -hmm. or two other devices. What's so great about Apple Fitness Plus is that every time you enact it, every time you start a workout or something, regardless of which device you're starting it all from, it automatically connects to the Apple Watch. Meaning that you can immediately, you know, you know, say yes, you wanna you wanna go on your watch, and then it records everything. But in addition to that, and this is where I think it's fantastic, is that it's available on almost all the devices, with the exception of the Macs. Anyway, that aside, what's great about what I'm trying to explain is how let's say I want to work out now, but for whatever reason I don't have my watch or my iPad, or maybe they're both low on battery, and I'm like, no, I, I've got to get a workout in. And I have an Apple TV. Boom. I can just open Apple TV Plus and Apple TV. And there we go. I can enjoy whatever workout that I want to do. Of course, you know, within reason. I mean, if, you, if you're meant to be working on an exercise bike, it's not like you're going to have an Apple TV and a TV connected to it. But you might have your iPad, for example, right? Yeah. What I'm trying to get at is that it's this all-encompassing service that is available on all your devices to keep you motivated and keep you going. And cool. what I like most about this is how... The trainers are genuinely likable. So I actually have a few favorites. So 
I really enjoy doing yoga, which is a new thing for me because I've had a lot of back issues, as I know I've spoken to most of you about. And one of my favorite trainers on the Apple TV Plus is Dustin Brown. Why? I don't know. He's just cool. <laughs> and like when he leads you through the process, you know, he's, he's very soothing. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's difficult to explain, but it's a weird feeling because they're not there with you. And it's quite obvious. Mm-hmm. It's pre-recorded. And even then, the charm and charisma of these people comes through. And this is more so for like when I, when I do a lot of HIIT, in particular, the two trainers, uh, Bukhari Williams and Jamie Ray Hartshorn. And what's so cool sometimes when, when, when I do the exercises with them guiding me is they'll sometimes trick you. And it's so, it's so weird to say, but like sometimes I'll do the same exercise like twice a week and I'll get tricked all the time. <laughs> what do you mean? So, like, for example, they'll do this, like, um, H- in HIIT, you do this, like, squat thing. And you go down and you go up and you go down and you, you go up. And there'll be one minute where he'll go down and he'll be like, ah, hold it, hold it. And, and then you've gone up. Does that make oh, sense? Because you, okay. it's little, because you're little, to. yes, it's little things like that. But I'm trying, what I'm trying to get at is that it's very entertaining. The, the trainers are so likable. You, you know, like Bukhari, for example, his smile is so infectious, like, where as I'm watching and I'm doing the exercise and I just feel like giving up, this guy is smiling and be like, no, I believe in you. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be like her. <laughs> oh, oh, keep that in the mind. Keep that in the mind. Because we're actually going to speak about AI and ladies in, that, in a little bit of a later stage. Okay. Now, in addition to all of this, they also have something called uh, time to walk. And I'll be honest with you. This is also probably one of my favorite features of Apple Fitness Plus. So I've recently taken up walking as a form of warm-up slash cardio. Um, this is because I have had some other issues, so I can't really run. Um, and I don't, I broke our <laughs> exercise bike. So <laughs> I can't use that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How hard much, much you go. I'm a heavy break. person. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Jeez. And... What Time to Walk does is they've recorded a series of interviews with all sorts of notable people, whether actors or actresses, musicians, sports people, and they're quite diverse in ethnicity and from where they come from and their backgrounds. Mm. And it's, it's so lovely because you can select an episode. And one of my most memorable ones is Dolly Parton, because I didn't really know much about her. And I'm not like I'm a fan or that I really enjoy her music, but I thought, you know, let's hear what she has to say. And so, you know, put it up and I was walking and it was just such a cool episode to have her talk you through her life and her parents and their marriage and the inspiration she got from them. And that's just one example. So like another one was Keisha, which was a very memorable one for me. Because oh, wow. she, she, I know, right. You wouldn't think so. But, you know, we all know what happened with her in the industry and, mm-hmm. you know, how she was stuck in that, that horrible, um, you know, agreement with some scooter asshole guy. Anyway, um, she was bullied in school. And, you know, she talks about that and how that, you know, pushed her forward to overcome being like that to other people. You know, basically what I'm getting at is they're just very cool episodes in terms of listening to what these famous people have to say about life and how ordinary they really are and how some of them have really overcome a lot of adversity to be where they are today. Yeah. yeah. And it's just entertaining more so because 
while you're listening, it's also engaging. And I know that sounds weird because you're like, how? So when I go walking, I put in my AirPods Pro and I just have my watch. So I leave my phone at home and I just, I just go. And while I'm walking, the episode is playing. And every now and again, the person I'm listening to might say something. And I'll get a slight tap on my wrist. And if I look at my wrist, there's actually a photograph of what they were speaking about. So it's this very cool, like, engaging element to it. Like, for example, you know, as I was walking, the Dolly Parton episode was playing, and, and she was talking about her parents. I had a double tap, and when I looked at my watch, it was a picture of her parents. You know, it's a very small little thing, but it just, okay. it, it really adds to the experience of this, it's time to walk. Now, mm-hmm. I know some of you might be listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, but you could just put on a podcast or listen to music, and you are entirely true. I mean, you are entirely correct. However, this is a free built-in service into the exercise app on your Apple Watch, and it's included with Fitness Plus. So why not? You know? Yeah. It's just very cool, and, and I think it's, it's Apple's way of, of spurring people to you know, keep going, uh, you know, to be active and to do things. And it's just fantastic. If you have an Apple device and you've thought about maybe doing something a little bit more active, whether it's yoga, HIIT, maybe you have an exercise bike at home that still functions and you want to put your phone or iPad on it, let these people coach you through a 10-minute session, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or maybe even you want to do a mindful cool down, which is like you've already worked out, so you come back and now you just want to chill. The app has it all. But more so than that, it's of a very, very high caliber and high quality. And that's something I didn't expect, although I should have because it's an Apple product. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. If you're an Apple user, I highly, highly recommend it. Even if you just try it for a month or so, just to see how it goes. Maybe it'll motivate you. I know for a fact it's motivated me. keeps me going. Um, you know, hashtag forever alone. This is what I do. I have apps to help me. <laughs> no, it's not so much forever alone, David. It's just <laughs> focusing on you. Okay. Look, I mean... I just, look, as I said, at first I thought, how good could it be? You know, let me let me give it a go. Because I had thought of maybe, you know, registering with something like um, Hemsworth's Centrifuge, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I did for a time. I didn't really like it, you know? And then, you know, you get apps like MyFitnessPal, which they kind of help you with certain things, but there's no real, mm-hmm. I, I want to say connection. I know that's a really weird thing to say. Um, but the Apple Fitness Plus is, you know, they stuff, their workouts, the, the trainers, the, the way they speak, the, it, the instructional aspect of it as well. Because even if you're a beginner, what's really great about everything that they do, specifically for like HIIT or the yoga and some of the other things, the core, the core ab workouts and the strength workouts, is they always have a minimum of three people on screen at once. There's the main coach in the middle. Then to the right, there's the more advanced aspect of whatever they're doing. And then on the left is the beginner version of what they're doing. So it doesn't matter where you are. You you can watch and then depending on your level, you know, change what you're doing to what they're showing you. You know, and I really, really like that. And I mean, I am somewhat experienced when it comes to the gym and things like that. So I'm I'm generally quite fit. And I have found some of these things to be genuinely taxing. Genuinely. Not just, I mean, I'm not just, you know, tooting my own horn here for the sake of tooting my own horn. But, you know, I mean that in the sense of like, I've I've done the Wii Fitness thing, right? And that thing, I mean, so not the Wii Fitness, the, the Switch yeah, Fitness. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I did it for a couple of days and it was done. I couldn't progress any further because that's literally a very, very low fitness level. Whereas with Apple Fitness Plus, because they have m- multiple levels within every video, you can 
build yourself up. And I found that I've been consistently challenged. So cool. it's it's good. I really enjoy it. And as I mentioned, exceptional. <laughs> Ed, you got to you got to at some point just just give it a go. I would love yeah, to hear nice. your opinion on it because I know that that Ed used to be quite small back in the day. I've I've seen those photos. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I I used to have a little bit of muscle more than I do now. <laughs> then 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 I sh- I got an arrow in the knee and oh gosh no no, no never mind an arrow a, a, a stairs in the knee. Hey, it... <laughs> <laughs> speaking of <laughs> the images, <laughs> yeah, you're wow. because you know I'm I'm accurate yeah, right about that's it. exactly right. Gosh. <laughs> Um, something that is a little, I mean, so we're going to move on with our reviews and previews. Um, Edward recently reviewed a game by the creators of Nights into Dreams, which I was a massive, massive, massive fan of in the early nineties, because it released on Dreamcast first before eventually being remastered for the Xbox 360 era. And it's called Balan Wonderworld. And Edward is going to talk to you about it now. And I'm going to jump in every so often because there's a there's quite a bit to talk about, to say about this game, hey, Ed? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, and also very little at the same time. <laughs> um, Balan Wonderworld is... Balan. Balan Wonderworld. Balan, Balan. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's an enigma. Um, to, to no, that's giving it too much credit. <laughs> yeah, maybe even. See, this is why we need the S category, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So last week, uh, we we I think it was our first disappointing. Or it was week before we we had yeah, our first yeah, disappointing, yeah. and then so Edward, we use the EGAD system on Vamus. Mm-hmm. So it's it's exceptional, good, disappointing, and I mean average and disappointing EGAD. Yeah. And <laughs> there was a title that Edward reviewed. And he was like, it was worse than disappointing and it should be shit. Just sucks. <laughs> yeah, so bad. Anyway, so, so, Balan, Wonderworld. At first glance, it looks very, very, very good. Yeah, it does. Um, but, like, even, there aren't enough platformers, hey, Ed? I mean, yeah, we, we've had yeah. a lot of, like, remasters and, like, effective reboots. But there, is, there hasn't been, like, a genuinely good, fresh platformer for a long exactly. time now. The, that's correct. Like, like the only ones that ever come to mind are Super Mario, maybe Crash Bandicoot, a bit since that's still ongoing. And you often think back about games like Croc and um, even Night of the Dreams. Um, wait, wait! But they are nostalgia tinted spectacles. That's the thing. That that's very, very much the thing. Now, going into Belen Wonderworld. Um, you immediately think, hey, this might be the next contender, seeing as it's made by the people who made Knights. Yes, um, yes. The first hour is a decent. Um, you, you play it and you think, hey, okay, it, it's it's still warming up. We'll, we're still getting into it. I'm just going to never changes. And I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, so essentially... You start the game and you get, no, get the shitty ass thing you Yeah, yeah. It's basically you start the game and you're like, it does get better than this, right? 
it, yeah, yeah. it does get better than this, right? And it never gets better. Just never. It, it, it just stays like this all the way through. And then about about six hours in, you're like, what Oh, am I my doing? gosh. And then suddenly the, the fact, entire experience. The fact like you this. even got that far. I Edward, had to. Edward, I had I to. Take, I take my hat off to you. <laughs> because like, I genuinely had to because... When a game truly sucks, okay, when, when a game is bad, you kind of need to give it that, maybe it's special, maybe you need to give it that extra, yeah, yeah. just just, just, just to make sure, time. just to make sure. And, and no, at the end of the day, it's just a waste of time. Um, okay, but, okay, but, okay, so the reason why Edward and I have brought up nostalgia so much hmm. is because the biggest, biggest problem with Balan Wonderworld is not the setting it's not mm. the premise it's not the visuals these are all things yeah. that could be possible yeah it's decent it's they're okay yeah they're okay the problem is that the gameplay has been ripped straight out of the early 90s yep um, hey, like, it feels in my review i i liken it almost to an arcade game or a mobile game because when you look at the controller, do I have one near? Okay, I have a PlayStation controller nearby. Okay, um, so imagine this is an Xbox controller. Every single one of these buttons are mapped to one thing you can do. It's basically it's, every button on the controller, except for yeah. the except for the, the triggers, right? The the bumpers, yeah. the bumpers. Yeah, the, the the one makes you makes you a little bit faster, and when you get your costumes, <laughs> the other one if activates does, the abilities. <laughs> yeah, if it does. Um, <laughs> So, so you get through this this archaic menu system. Now, when I say archaic, I really mean it. Like you, you I, I went into options because I always try to see if I can put the subtitles bigger because I'm blind. <gasps> Wait, um, hold on. Just to add to that, do you know what irritated me to no end? What you couldn't change the camera movement. Yep. So yeah, I. Just, just, just quickly give me a, a refresher. What is the one where, like, if you move it up, the camera moves up, and then, then you get the opposite of that? There's a name for it. Just um, reverts horizontal. Well, um, the thing vertical. is, it's done one way, and that's it. And I couldn't. It was it irritated me so much because every time I moved the the because it was inverted. So every time yes. I moved it to the right, the camera moved to the left, and I was like, no, I can't. And then the fact that there's no option, and you see, this is exactly what Edward's talking about. The menu options are so archaic in the sense of. But like normally we're so used to, let's say, press A or X to go forward and then press circle or B to go back. Yes. But in this, you can't. You have to actually go down and select back. Yeah. Every <laughs> single button confirms whatever you selected. Every single face button does this. And then you have to take the D-pad, take it all the way down in order to confirm the back button. Yeah, and it's so bad. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in for a treat. <laughs> and then I actually played the game, and they give you this mega cutscene, which is uh, it's it's a nice cutscene. Um, I like the design of the characters. Um, I can't um, fault that too much. Edward, and you're so kind about this game. No, no, no. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> so, so I remember this is our first impression talking. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So, so this cutscene is great. Okay, it's it's. I like the characters. The story is a little bit. Uh, thin. Um, they don't explain much. You you get the sense of you are this one guy or girl or maybe both if you're playing <laughs> Um And then you are sent by this jester, which you find out is Balan. 
um, to Wonder World, which is the name of the game, Roller Critters. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, please. There is literally no other cinematic in the game after that. And even then, yep. there is so little narrative. Like, I booted the thing up, and I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But after this cutscene, you're thrown into this hub world called the Isle of Tims. And they, that's it. You're thrown there with no tutorial. Did Nothing, there isn't yeah. a tutorial. There is no tutorial. Because I guess when you have only two actions, what <laughs> tutorial can you can you ask for? Um, but there is nothing. There is no explanation of anything. There, there's this little blobby things which I've learned sh- should be feathers. I don't know. If I, think, oh, I thought they were me. called Tims. Yeah, they are called oh. Tims. Um, they're all around, and they above them they have this little crystal color. I first thought, hey, maybe I should throw them into the colors of flowers. Yes, around me because there's patches of flowers. No, at the end of the day, you you go through a stage. You collect crystal drops, which you feed these guys. By feeding these guys, they repair a clock, um, the, the clock of happiness. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Um, I, I made my guys fee, um, repair the clock. It was repaired. I don't know why it was repaired. I don't know what that it did. I assumed it is one of the things you need to do to finish the game. I can't tell you if that's true or false. Um, it's never explained. You see, uh, this is the biggest problem with Balan Wonderworld, is then they don't tell you anything. You no. literally just dropped into this game world, and you have to try and figure things out, but then there's literally no context or exposition. Yep. So you you just randomly run around, you collect these gems, you you then find keys to unlock suits, and each of these suits yeah. you, give you a different power, but there's n- literally no real like logic to it. You know, like no. maybe one suit makes you jump further, another suit makes you climb a wall, but that's about it. One turns you into a box. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, I don't know. It's, I, uh, it's weird. It's... And, it's <laughs> It's so the, the biggest issue is um, I've seen on forums now since I've reviewed this game. I've obviously all every time I review a game, I always go to see what other people think about it. I saw comments of people, <clears throat> especially on Reddit, talking about oh, but Dark Souls doesn't explain anything. Listen, at least you know where the game ends and begins in Dark Souls. At least no, you yeah. know why but you're also, doing stuff. No, know? but there's also lore dumps in exactly. Dark Souls. You can yeah, pick up, you can pick up manuscripts and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this, this is not the same. This there, there's is literally zero exposition in this title. Literally. Like, dear viewer and listener, <laughs> think back to, to when you used to go to the local arcade. Um, you, you pop in a few coins, a few 50 cents, and then you start playing Time Crisis or, I don't know, any other game. Mm-hmm. There usually is no cutscene, anything. It's just gameplay. It's because there's no need, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is Balloon Wonderworld. Except... You're meant to go from point A to point B in order to do something. That's that's it. And and there is simply no anyway, I'm reiterating now. Yeah, um, I mean look, look, essentially it's disappointing. Hey? Yeah, I think it's, it's we've so given bad. this game like I mean <laughs> there's a lot more bitching to come. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to it. So <laughs> long story short, Ed, what is it? It's disappointing, right? Yeah, it's, it's not worth your time. It's actually weirdly enough, 
like I thought it was going to be a Game Pass game for Xbox at any rate. Yeah. And it's not. And I kind of am glad that it's not. Because if it was, it would just be more fuel for people to say that games and Game Pass are crap. Yeah. I, I, okay. Look, we really wanted to give Battle and Wonderworld the benefit of the doubt. I, I especially thoroughly enjoy platformers. And I was a big fan of Nights into Dreams on both the Sega Saturn and eventually the Xbox 360 because I, I didn't get Dreamcast. So I don't know mm-hmm. what, what that was like. Anyway. <laughs> and I'm just I'm genuinely disappointed because it has mm-hmm. a very similar visual art style. But the thing is, the thing is, and this is this is what Edward and I are really trying to get home here. I booted up Nights into Dreams over the weekend as well, just because I was curious to see what it's like. And it is almost a carbon copy. And by that I mean when you boot up Nights into Dreams, they don't tell you anything. There is no story. You just go straight into the game. And then when you're playing. Every button does the same thing. So it's very clear where they got the gameplay ideas from. It's an extension of Nights into Dreams. But mm. the thing is, you cannot take 90s gameplay and put it into a 20s game. Gosh, I can't believe we're saying that. No. That sounds so strange. Anyway, <laughs> it, just, it doesn't work because gameplay has evolved over the, the years and people expect better. So when you have this title where every button does exactly the same thing, no, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Uh, let, let me put it this way. Doom, the 2016 Doom and its sequel, Doom Eternal, that's literally taking the same gameplay from 1982 and putting it into 2016. It's exactly the same gameplay, but they managed to still include all the evolutions, all the th- ways games evolved. And um, Look, I mean... I wouldn't say it's the same. I would say, okay, okay. Maybe same at core concept, Mm. but very much newer because it's much faster and you're much more more nimble and mobile. It feels exactly the same to me anyway. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that's the correct way of doing it. If you want to evoke nostalgia, do it like that. Well, speaking of... You also recently reviewed Tales from the Borderlands, right? Yes. But the next-gen version, correct? Well, just the re-release. It's it's more just extra textures and an actual re-release because the game didn't exist for a few years. Oh, um, oh, that's interesting. All right. Yeah, so, so essentially, to give more context, Telltale Games went um, bankrupt. They went bust, basically, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was looking for. <laughs> and um, they had to delist all of their games because they're licensed games. And that's the one issue with licensing. Anyway, um, so many of their games just fell off the face of this earth, um, including Tales of the Borderlands. Now, it was saved by a company. I, already, I forgot the company's name. It's in my review. Um, they were saved by this company, including um, Tales from the Borderlands. Um and eventually, all the games slowly started trickling back onto all the platforms. Um, Tales of the Borderlands, though, were, people were promised that they would get something that, that would bring it into the new age to, to ensure that people only playing it now will actually enjoy it much more than they used than they would have back yes, then. Yes, yes. This is it. This is the Tales of the Borderlands. It's not called anything special like Legendary Edition. It's just Tales of the Borderlands. Still. Okay. So a, a re-release with extras, basically. Yes, uh, but now it's on Switch. It's it's on all the platforms. Okay, uh, except and for mobile. Now, 
some, I don't know if we would call it context, but let's, let's preface this, right? Yeah. You don't like Borderlands. No, not at all. <laughs> um, okay, so with that said, with that said, yeah, I do know you thoroughly enjoy Telltale games. Yes, a lot. So now, so now I'm curious. Yeah. What did you think of Tales of the Borderlands? It's a good game. It's really? actually the good Borderlands game. Oh. So the reason for this mainly comes down to the writing. Um, my biggest problem with Borderlands is is that they cannot. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say cannot because there there are me- people that will stone me for this opinion. But <laughs> Borderlands has the worst writing. It's so bad. The humor is puerile. That's how they get their laughs and their sales. It's it's by doing all these uh uh-huh, dick joke uh uh-huh. It's literally just okay. that. Um, Tales from the Borderlands is charming. It's that you can see the telltale writing shine through, and it shines through very, very strongly. Um, it's it's the characters are lovable. The, uh, it's actually an enjoyable experience. It's it's still a telltale game, so it still feels like so a telltale game. Is it still? Um, I don't want to say point and click. Uh, but like a rails, like on the rails um, stick, where like it plays it, out and then you press buttons for options. It plays out the same way than Walking Dead and oh, okay. Batman would. I actually uh, exactly kind of like that, way. so who knows, yeah, I might yeah. even play this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I honestly, I actually think you will enjoy this game, Hans. Um, All right. You, you don't need to know what's up with the previous Borderlands games to enjoy this one. Um, obviously, it helps to be engrossed in the world and the universe. Yes. I only know it because I have tons of friends who play the game. Yes. Um, and yeah, I just... Oh, and another point. Um, Tales of the Borderlands and also the Telltale um, aesthetic. It fits so well with Borderlands, even long before Tales of from the Borderlands was a thing, was a conceptualized, um, that... Telltale doing a Borderlands game just works, you know? Um, it's one yeah, of those things yeah. that just makes sense. And yeah, this is the perfect marriage, I would say, from writing and design perspective. So th- there are one or two action scenes in this one similar than normal Borderlands games, but they are few and far between and they honestly don't matter. Okay. Um, so from an EGAD perspective? It's good. It's it's oh, good. definitely good. It's not exceptional because again, there are better games out there. And I it's would, Borderlands. <laughs> that's again, I, I wouldn't put E on a Borderlands game. Um but it's good. It's one of the Look, best Borderlands games. This is very interesting to me because it's the reason why I wanted to preface your initial opinion on the Borderlands franchise is because mm-hmm. if you're rating it as a good game, which means it's well worth your time to play. Yeah. And you you don't generally enjoy the franchise. That's a big thing. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, much like you know, not to bring it up, but like how I thoroughly enjoyed Zack Snyder's Justice League when I would hmm. have given the original Justice League like a. There's a reason why it's got a Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is more credible than Metacritic, in my opinion. Oh, uh, you know what? I actually, so. you know, it, since we've been doing EGAD, I can honestly tell you, I don't really enjoy the scoring system anymore. Yeah, I would rather somebody tell me... Look, again, I know it's subjective. I know that when we mm. say something is good, it's subjective. All yes. reviews are subjective. That's just the way that it is. But it's somehow... Like, if somebody was like, no, it's okay, or no, it's it's 
it's rubbish or no, it's incredible. I can be like, okay, cool. Maybe that's worth, worth the, the watch. Yeah. Um, so what I've actually started doing, and I know this is off topic, uh, is like, for example, I thoroughly enjoy IMDb. And the reason yeah. why I often look at the IMDb score is because I found in the past that, that often the way I feel about a movie relates to the rough scoring that IMDb has. Mm-hmm. But what I've started to do instead is actually go and read what people are saying. So instead of just looking at a score, I'll go down into the comments and I'll be like, what are people saying about it? And if I see somebody there saying, oh, they love it so much because it's like CW's other shows, I know to get to never look at it, even if it's <laughs> got an 8 out of 10. Okay? <laughs> because it's anything incredible. the CW touches is just rubbish. Like there's a brand new oh, show gosh. now called, called Kung Fu, which I'm quite curious to, to see. And, um, so when I've seen the first couple of episodes, I'll let you know what I think, as well as the, the Superman and Lois. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So back, back to back to games that you're reviewing. Okay. Um, okay. She has a really cool one, which I know that you have been looking forward to for a long time. Yep. And it's Monster Hunter Rise. Ed, yay or yep. nay? Uh, yay, definitely. Um, <laughs> Egad? Uh, I would say good for now. <gasps> I'm still... I am shooketh. I was expecting an exceptional. <laughs> Let me put it this way. The, my biggest hurdle is the fact that it's on Switch. Um, uh, it's coming to PC later. I just can't get comfortable with many Switch games. And as much as I enjoy this one, I have to switch it off after an hour because my hands cramp. Okay. Um, so let, let, let's, let's, let's take a step back. Yes. Tell us about the game and okay. why it's good. And then we'll talk about why it's not exceptional. And this is a big deal because you're a huge fan of Monster Hunter. So I'm very yeah, I'm I quite keen to know what's going on here. Okay, so Monster Hunter Rise is the sixth mainline entry in the Monster Hunter universe. I start with the fifth, which was Monster Hunter World. Now, the thing is, Monster Hunter World was very much a new entry point into the franchise. Um, As I understand it, One and One X and all of those, they were um, basically so close to each other, you you couldn't really get into it from, from like the fourth game. World was brand new. It's it's set in the new world. Uh, my my voice. It's set in the new world, um, and now this is a direct sequel, but also not. Um, I don't know where Rise is set in the chron- so, chronology. So it's meant to be a sequel to World, but also not. Yeah. So it's it's the sixth mainline entry. I'm not. And sure yet it's, it's only available on two platforms or one platform right now. For now, only the one. Um, wow. I, this is I why I don't like exclusivity. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't look... I can understand maybe for a new franchise, but an existing franchise? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, I think Capcom learned a lot from World. After they saw the record-breaking sales World got from PC and Xbox and PlayStation, it makes no sense for them to suddenly just be back to Nintendo only. Well, it does um, in the sense of because now you can take your Monster Hunter everywhere you go. It's the only platform it's, that it's actually gives you that. It's always been on Nintendo. It's always been on Nintendo. Oh, I didn't know that. So right. now that it's just back to that, I don't understand. Anyway, um, I think they've at least learned enough to to promise a PC release, which they have. Um, and yeah, it's. In, in terms of where where it's set, I'm not sure if it's meant to be a prequel or a sequel. 
I, I almost think it's it's happening at the same time as and, old. And what about gameplay? Uh, is it are there any enhancements? It feels the same. It literally okay. feels so the that's, same. That's as old, not a bad thing. Except for this time you have an extra companion with you all the time. Um so so in past games you used to have your palico, which is a feline cat. Uh, by, uh, I shouldn't say cat, but it's a feline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feline. You, you want to get stoned, Edwin? You're yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in previous games, you always had this feline with you. Now you also have a panda mute with you, which is essentially a mount, a, do- a big dog. Okay, okay. For for in layman's terms, and you can mount this guy, and you can go oh. anywhere with him. <laughs> and he also helps. <laughs> Sorry. We're not at that section yet. Wow. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he also helps with combat, so you can equip him with, with armor or them with armor and, and weapons and stuff. Same as your as your Palico. So that's new. What's also new is instead of uh, in world you had this launcher thing that you that you shot stuff with, and, and in the expansion it became a grappling hook. In in Rise this is not there anymore. Instead, you have these little flies that you can latch onto, and that gives you super mobility. So you can literally go anywhere okay. almost. You can you can run up mountains and scale mountains if you have enough of these flies. Um, okay. I forgot what they're called. Spark flies, I think. Um, so so in terms of new gameplay, it's not much. Uh, obviously, the combat has been switched around a little bit many of the combos um the, the way you do certain combos like i'm a longsword main and many of the combos are just different buttons um but otherwise no it's it's not ma- okay a lot now than into before. why it's missed the mark for being exceptional um mostly because i feel as I said, I, I I don't feel fully comfortable playing the game on the platform it is. Um, but also... Do, do you think if you had a better controller or an extra controller, it might make a difference? Maybe. So I, just I for, for, for context, uh, Edward has a Nintendo Switch Lite, meaning yes. that A, it can't be docked, so you can't have the lounge experience. Um, and But B, you can have another like Nintendo controller paired to it, but then you're still stuck playing on a tiny screen. Yeah. So the, the reality is that a lot of people have the Switch Lite. So we can't yes. discount it as a platform of play. So if that's the mm-hmm. lowest common denominator, it makes sense to play most games on there to see what the general feeling would be like. And now yes. you're saying that from that perspective, as great as the Switch is, because I understand the game, it's very good for a Switch game, it it's does. the actual longevity of playing with that form factor that is actually the biggest drawback to the title. Yeah, um, but also, um, one big thing that always gets me is that it feels like there isn't lots uh, a big follow-through so far. Like, like I'm a good 10 hours in. Um, I, think, I think I'm 18 hours in now, last I checked. And it f- so far, we ruled quickly gave you a goal. It gave you a mission. You were part of the fifth fleet. You were meant to trap down this big elder dragon called Zora Macaros. Um, Rise literally starts off with you in like your house. And it's like, oh, come and help this guy, please. And then it's just like, oh, this guy needs help. Oh, that guy needs help. 
there so far there is no oh well i mean real it, if it's not giving you good enough narrative of 10 hours yeah exactly you know it's, the thing is the i'm wondering if it wasn't developed like that on purpose because of the mobile nature of the switch maybe um i'm not sure but as i said i've never played any of the previous games and they could have been like this you mean previous but, nintendo games you have played obviously the previous monster hunter titles i have not um i began with world and that's, yeah, that's what i'm saying you played world I, that's considered a previous title <laughs> okay, that's a previous title. I mean, the, the ones that came before that. I don't know what one, two, four. Yeah, but like. you know, you, you would um, think that they would build on something that they've already done that's, well. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I don't know if, if if suddenly all of these people I'm helping will suddenly die halfway through the game and then that's the goal of beating the bad guy. I don't know that yet. I haven't been that far, this, um, just for disclaimer. Um, I would think you should so be quite far, far after 18 hours of gameplay. I am very far. The thing is, <laughs> the, what you should know about Monster Hunter Games Hunts is that hunting takes up the brunt of everything, obviously. Mm. Um, mm. And you can spend hours hunting. Okay, so maybe it's like 17 hours of hunting and one hour of actual story. <laughs> For world, I would say it's it's more like 50 hours of hunting and, and of those 10 hours of story. So I would hope this is the same. Okay, fair enough. I guess you yeah. can always give us an update at a later stage, including yeah. what the PC version is like, and if it is better or worse, for lack of a better well, term. Well, the proper review, I, I want to get it done over this weekend. So okay. by Monday, we will all know if there's anything in the next five hours to ten hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of things to hunt, I guess... I yeah. recently watched the film Chaos Walking, which is yep. that new uh, science fiction, I don't know, I wouldn't say action, maybe drama, featuring Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. And Tom Holland, yeah. It no. has been universally panned by yep. critics. <laughs> I've heard it's bad. I've heard it's very, very bad. <laughs> and I would like to now speak to you a little bit about it. Mm, please do. It's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be, personally. I'm surprised. <laughs> Look, it's it's by no means a riveting movie. You know, I'm yeah. not saying that this is like, it's not like Oscar winning performances or if there's nothing else to watch, you know, like this is the, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's, let me speak a little bit about the, the concept behind it. I will try without spoilers, but if they filter through, I do apologize in advance. It's basically about this new world that is, I think it's like the year 2280 or something. And there's like this, they call it the new world. That's what this planet is called. And obviously humans are living on it. And they were the initial settlers, from what I understand, that were sent from Earth to colonize this planet. Now, they, they don't mention what happened on Earth or why they're doing this, but we can just assume that the reason why we're looking for other places is you know, because we're destroying the Earth, basically. Yeah. And what is unique, however, about the situation, about this planet, is that the initial people who arrived and who set up bases were then exposed to... And it never gets answered in the thoughts. We're not really sure why this happens, but let's just assume it's something mystical about the planet. Okay. But essentially, all men are not able to hide their thoughts. Meaning that all men on the planet have these 
their thoughts are accessible to everyone else. Meaning mm-hmm. that you, even if you don't mean to, you project what you're thinking. So let's say, Ed, the two of us are doing ghetto, or, or rather, let's say you're, you're a female and I'm a male, all right? Yeah. And, and yeah. we meet up for coffee or whatever. And I, I look at your, okay, the male gaze happens and I look at your bosom. Now, Ooh. you know, okay, <laughs> this is part of the problem of the film. We'll get to that in a second. And then all of a sudden in my mind, I'm like, whoa, those are amazing. You know, it could be anything. It could be her lips. It could be anything. You think of anything. And now the thing is, because you're a male, you can't hide your feelings or what you think. So it automatically gets blurted out to anybody around you. And in the movie, it's called The Noise. All right. And you have to try and control your noise if you're a male and you're, you know, and you're growing up. Now, the way the movie initially starts out is where you, you start off in Tom Holland's part of the world and there are no women. And according to the sheriff, it's because the native alien species on the planet killed them all. Um, you know, took all the women from them. Then as the story progresses, Daisy Ridley crashes on Earth. Now, from what I understand, she's part of a second group of humans that were sent to this planet to help with the um, with the, the build-up, you know, build-up of this new colony, etc., etc. The thing is, you know, the little bit of context that they give you is that Earth, they've lost complete communication, not only with Earth, but also with this new planet. So they don't know if anybody's down there. So she's part mm-hmm. of like a, um, a scouting trip. Anyway, as they come into the atmosphere, which I thought was a little bit silly, their entire spacecraft gets destroyed. And I'm like, surely they would have known that it wouldn't be possible. Anyway, anyway, let me not get into too many of the, the faults of the film. Um, she's the lone survivor and she's a woman. So, of yeah. course, Tom Holland discovers her and he blurts out things like, oh, she's so pretty. Oh, my gosh, it's a woman. You know, like you can't you can't not control it because that's his noise, you know, shouting out at her. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the film progresses and it's, I suppose, obvious enough at first, but at the same time, you're left wondering if this is really the case, it doesn't make sense. So long story short, they then, the, the people in the town that, that Tom Holland is in now want to find her, Daisy Ridley, and they want to find out why she's there. And then eventually they discover that's because there's a giant ship in space. And now the the sheriff doesn't want the people to come down. His motives are never really explained, but it's essentially basically power. He doesn't want to lose his power. But then eventually it comes out when Tom and Daisy are escaping to another village, which nobody even knew existed to begin with, a village with women. Um, it turns out that he was lying. The sheriff lied and what he has been saying for the last several decades is not the truth. I won't say what it is. It's pretty obvious. You can you can really guess a lot of it when you're watching the film. It's not exactly uh, Oscar-worthy writing, as I mentioned. <laughs> you, can, okay. you, you can very easily get, guess the narrative. Um, however, what I like about the film is it is inventive. It is interesting that, you know, you have men on this world who cannot hide their thoughts, their innermost thoughts or feelings. And so... I feel they could have done more with that. And I think the reason why people 
have critiqued it so much is because it really plays on a stereotype of what it means to be a man in society. Man, yeah. You know, so instead of looking at maybe more interesting ways of, of exploring this, you know, because they give you glimpses of it in the, in the movie, whereby if you're powerful enough for the way you can control your noise, you can actually make physical illusions that people will think are real, but they're not. For example, but it's so rarely used, you know, you look at that and you're like, that is such an underutilized story aspect, you know? Mm. And it just goes on about, you know, it's very stereotypical. The, like a bulk of the story had to do with the initial sheriff and how he's basically a misogynist and had all the women killed because he couldn't deal with his fragile male white ego and that, you know, he couldn't deal with the fact that women knew everything and that he couldn't know what, that they couldn't know what was going on in a woman's mind. You know, so okay. it is on that trope of what a woman thinking, you know, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, you know, it's a bit like stupid in that regard, you know, because you would think that the spacefaring civilization, at least I would like to think that the spacefaring civilization would have people that are a little bit more culturally advanced to not. Smart. You know, to, to not fall into these really long in the tooth stereotypes of what it is to be a man, because a lot of that is what Tom Holland's character is. How he deals with people not listening to his noise is by repeating, "Be a man, be a man, be strong." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> what now, like, like, no, Edward. What does it mean to be a man? Answer this. Tell me, because I'd love um, to know. Steak. <laughs> rugby. Do, do, do you see it's, what I mean? Like, like that is not, that is so. It's so pointlessly gendered, you know. Yeah. And I feel a lot of the film is based on that, and and they don't ever explain anything else. Like they show you the aliens, but they never explain them. They never talk about them. They just, you know, according to the sheriff, exactly. they're evil. But then you find out that they're actually pacifists. But that's it. You don't ever hear or see from the aliens again. That's then, then they have these other tribes and troops. And all of them know of this horrible clan. But no one did anything about it. I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you see remnants of what was a civilization. Like, like they were building up this massive monorail or whatever. But it's never spoken to. What happened to everybody? What happened to the people? It's see? all just like... This weird, tiny-ass snapshot of a racist little town, you know, misogynist, sexist town. And you're like, there was so much more that they could have done with the story and this world. And I think that is why the movie is slandered as much as it is by critics. And it is very much average. <laughs> the, the issue here is that they try to cram three books into a single movie. And oh, it's three do books? Yeah. Oh, no wonder it doesn't make sense then. Because there's, um, there's so much... Like, I watched it with my cousins. We watched it over Easter weekend. And yeah. like, I wanted to know so much more. And I think the reason why I was so invested is because I was hoping that they would answer the questions we had about yeah. the world, about the aliens, about this noise. And just, they never were. It just ended up being this really tawdry story of a man being a man and looking after a woman. But look, she was Daisy Ridley was more than capable. It was quite. I'm glad they gave her strength and power, and they made her more than more than she needed to be, honestly, for the role because she was really good at it. But you get what yeah. I'm saying, though. It was so overwhelming with stereotypes, and I don't know. I, I think it could have been explored it's... 
in a, with much more nuance. Immature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Get that. That's that's the main lacking part of it, in my opinion. Mm. Look, it's not bad. I feel I probably would, well, maybe want to read the books now. Now that I've, I've seen what this movie has to say, because mm. there's so much I think that was left in the cutting room floor. So it is mm. very much an average film. You know, if you get a choice, if you get a chance, maybe watch it. But if you end up scrolling TikTok or whatever while you're watching it, that's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might be yeah it, it might be happens. the case you know um yeah. but moving on to something a little bit more dramatic um i also watched minari um and that's it's about a korean family in the 80s in the united states of america and they move over to try to have a better life for themselves it's very much a drama i don't want to talk too much about it other than the fact that it's expertly acted and it's a wonderful snapshot of what it mean, of what it means, I suppose, or what it meant to be a fa- an Asian family trying to make their way in Western society, and from that perspective, it's a very beautiful story of this family trying to do their very best in Western America. Um, it, it, as I mentioned before, it's very much a snapshot, so there's no real story arc. You know, um, it is just very much looking at what these the lives of these people are. And it is a beautiful movie in that sense. I would say it's a good movie. It's not as exceptional as people are making it out to be. Yes, the acting is fantastic. Um, but it is, it's more of like a snapshot of the life of these people versus giving us a, an arc to follow through, if that makes sense. But yeah. it is a good film. If you are looking for something um, that is a very, very, it's a drama, obviously. And, you know, maybe have some tissues nearby as well. It, it is a good form. I, I would recommend it. I would recommend mm. it. Now, another good form that I would recommend. And this one, please have tissues nearby. It's called Our Friend. And I had no idea this is actually based on a true story. It's, it stars Casey Affleck, Dakota Johnson, and Jason Segel. And it's all about cancer and depression and kindness. Uh, I know it sounds strange to mention all those three, but the the crux of the story revolves around Dakota Johnson and how her character's been diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer throughout her entire body. The film then follows the two years from her diagnosis to her death. I mean, it's obvious she's going to die. I mean, I mean, I don't. I, I'm not, not that as a spoiler. It's just one of those things, right? Because that's what the film is about. The film is more than just her death. The film is about death. So it's not her, you, you know she's going to die, but it's the process of how it gets to that point is what the film yeah. is about. And what makes the film different versus other stories of a similar nature is how Jason Segal's character is their best friend. So he's a friend of Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson. And what ends up happening in the film is he, without spoiling too much, it was, he had lost his way throughout life, but he was very good friends with them. And when she became ill, he essentially moves in with them to help out. Mm. And it's such a beautiful, look, it's a beautiful story for many reasons, but more so because it shows a side of men that is very rarely explored. And we will talk a little bit more about this if we, you know, if we don't run over too much time, because <laughs> we've really gone quite, quite far right now. Um, a little bit later on in the episode where it's got to do with feelings and stereotypes, but we will get to that at a later stage. And what's beautiful about this is how this man comes into these people's lives and becomes such a good friend to this man and wife through their struggles. 
and in so doing works through his own struggles mm. you see and it's it's a beautiful movie um it's it is very sad i cried a few times while while i was watching it um and as i mentioned before it's one of those few movies that that looks at what it means to be a man in a role as a carer now you know mm. i don't mean i don't want to take away from what it means to be like you know a woman or but what i'm trying to get at is that the the stereotype is that men don't, can't fulfill those roles. Yeah. And this film does a wonderful job of saying, you know, to be kind and to care for someone is not, it's genderless. You don't have, yeah. your gender means nothing in terms of looking after somebody and helping someone. And I think that's this right. film does a really wonderful job of exploring that. So that's Alfred. Now, now, the one that I alluded to a couple of weeks ago, and that is The Nevers, a brand new TV series coming to HBO, which is basically, if you want to think of it as a, it's, it's basically like Kiki Blinders meets X-Men. But I'm, I'm with a Joss Whedon touch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. We need to talk about this. Okay. I've been mm-hmm. watching this film. I mean, this, this, this TV series. And I tried very hard. Not to think about Joss Whedon. The thing is, at least for the first episode, he wrote, created, directed, and produced it. He was the first episode. <laughs> yes. Now, the reason why we're bringing it up is because he's had his fair share of controversy recently. And we've actually spoken about our own little conspiracy theory about how we think he possibly ruined Justice League on purpose or whatever the case is. And, you know, a lot of allegations and things have come up recently. Um, you know, all of this is public and it's online. So everything we're talking about can be easily Googled. Um, but again, you know, this is just our opinion on the matter. We're not speaking factually. I have to say that for legal reasons. And so <laughs> <laughs> let, let me first talk about the show. Okay. It's very much average. Now, when I first heard about it, I was quite excited. You know, at HBO, they have some of... We don't talk about Game of Thrones anymore. But it's one of those networks that has incredibly high-quality TV series. Now, anyone who's familiar with Whedon's previous work, whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or um, Dollhouse and so on and so forth, or Firefly, you know he has a particular style. And that style, in my personal opinion, is ill-suited to HBO. Just from the sense of it's very, I don't want to say CW-ish, but, you know, it kind of borders on that um, cheap, uh, for lack of a better, for lack of a better... <laughs> it's, it's essentially cartoons versus anime. Um, well, I mean, I suppose so. I suppose so. Now, yeah. now, the thing is, though, it's clear the film has a very high budget. I mean, the, the TV series has a very good budget. So it's mm-hmm. not that there was a lack of funds. I just think it's his style. All right. Um, now, with that in mind, the show is also largely unoriginal. So it looks at the Victorian era London, and it's it is essentially focuses on a gang of women. <clears throat> now, what happened is there was some mysterious event, and a bunch of and, and only affected women, girls, and some people of color and some other men, all right? And what happened is is they were all bestowed with some of these unique abilities, which the show calls turns, 
okay? Like you, like they have a turn about them. And okay. those who have abilities are called the touched. <laughs> All okay. right. Makes sense. Overall, it's a decent premise, but it's something we've seen before. We've all seen X-Men. We've all seen Miss Peregrine's children, whatever the case is. So essentially in this film, in this movie, we have... Um, <clears throat> so essentially in this, in this TV series... We have a character who has an, has an orphanage, which is bankrolled by a rich benefactor, and she takes in all women who have been touched. She's Xavier. Yes, or she's Miss Peregrine, right? Yeah. And they're in the show Devellis. So the show takes place three years after the event that gives all of these people these abilities. And of course, as is always the case with human nature, and because of the era... There are all of these stuck-up asshole white men in power, and they can't deal with the fact that women now have, or mostly women, have these turns, and they feel that um, it's un, you know it's unbecoming of women to have these things, and they consider them as afflictions. And people who have turns should be, uh, you know, documented. It's it's the whole X Men scenario over again. You know how this mm. plays out, all right? Yeah. So we we know what you're in for, basically. And it's just, like, the characters are adorable. They're lovable. Um, there, there are two main ones, of which it's Miss Adair and Penance Truth. You know, Truth or Dare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things like that that are, like, in the show. And A you just, like, bit. you roll your eyes at some of these things. And you're just like, okay, it's fine. Cool. Yeah. It's very predictable as well. You know, mm. like it's obvious that the billionaire who's, who's funding this is evil on the side. And then, of course, there's the Magneto of the situation, whereby she is also touched and t- she has a turn. And her turn is the more she gets abused, the stronger she becomes because she was abused in her life. And, you know, it's, yes, exactly, Edward. I see your face. It's a lot of these, so- like, like, like these eye roll moments you know which which could explore these characters in much much better ways but they're just so like really that's what you did you you labeled that they're touched and then this woman gets her strength from being from having been abused i'm just like really like really and and also it sounds like they wanted to to do hulk but they didn't quite think it through look and and then what, what i meant by calling her magneto is that she then has her own troop of touch that follow her and she attacks, you know, Penance Adair and, and Miss Truth, you know, and you're like, they should it be working together. Ridiculous. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, it's just, so she's now an antagonist that goes, that goes alongside the white, the, the, the white old men who don't understand what's going on. All right. And it's just so, we've seen this before. It's very tiresome. Yeah. There's nothing new, you know, mm-hmm. These women, you know, the one thing I don't like about it is that it, it, it almost showcases how these women are only strength because they, they're only strong because they have turns. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you need to have, why, why must that be your strength? Do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I'm dumb. all for women being powerful. That's sexy to me, you know? And yet here in this show, yes, it's, I, I like the fact that it's mostly, that most of the women have these turns. But again, it's very much you know, the same kind of issues that I had with Chaos Walking, where it's, it's, it's 
only explored through stereotypes. And for me, that's a, a bit of an issue. Now, the characters are well-written and they're very witty and they're great. But then there's also other really weird things. And this now touches upon Whedon, right? And then, of course, the fact that it's on HBO. So imagine something that is not cartoony, as Edward said, but like, I, I suppose like, like Firefly, right? But with excess nudity. Witty. It's witty and, you, you know, like comedic, but then with nudity. And you, you kind of look at this, and a lot of the times it's excessive. You know, like it's, it's not necessary to the scene. Like the Magneto chick that I was talking about, she gets shot in the boob. So, of course, there's a whole 15-minute scene where the doctor's repairing her boob. And I'm just like, is this necessary? That, <laughs> actually, that sounds very much like Borderlands. <laughs> yes, it's very puerile in, in, in a sense yeah. for, for, some of the, for some of the stuff. But then, then of course, there's this whole, whole other completely unnecessary storyline of a rich elite man who who somehow gets the nephew of the billionaire or whatever that's 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 banking the the orphanage to help him open a glorified brothel and so what he does is he hires turned woman for sexual pleasure so then there's this whole other storyline <laughs> of how the turned are sexually pleasuring the elite. Okay. I know what happened here. <laughs> Look, someone I mean, pitched I, the idea <laughs> and they were like X-Men, but Game of Thrones. Yes. And, oh no, no, sorry. The boys. No, no. And don't throw, the boys is amazing. Don't throw I know that. It, I know that's amazing. hilarious. That's brilliant. That's the thing. And this execution, they wanted to do that and it's so bad and they failed. That's no, what it it's just, like. it's just, it's like, it's like, take Buffy the Vampire Slayer, add swearing and nudity. You now have the nevers. That's basically what it looks like and what it feels like. Okay. And you know, I don't want to take away from all of the people who worked on this, on this TV series because the acting is genuinely very good. Really. Mm. You know, the, the people are doing the best with their characters. It's just like, dumb things like like it's predictable you know who's bad you know who's behind the scenes you you know that look there was a revelation at the end of of episode one and i don't want to ruin it for everybody and i am curious to know what this means in the grand scheme of things but in the first four episodes which is all we were given um to review the 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 title so much happens i'm like you could have put this in eight episodes and given us more exposition and world building Instead, it's all been like shoehorned, like super quickly, and nothing is genuinely explored when it should be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, it's it's okay. It's average. I don't think it's the greatest show. I'm somewhat disappointed. And now we're going to talk about one of the reasons why, and that's because Joss Whedon has touched it. That's why. Okay. Um, I know that's uh, you know a bit of a lame town words, but there's so much in this that it just screams. Joss Whedon. Weird. No, it yeah. screams Joss Whedon. And when you take a lot of the things into consideration, especially with him being in the media recently and about, you know, Justice League and how the actors have come out and spoken up against him. And you're like, you know, you watch this and you're just like, I see all of this again. Yeah, like this makes sense. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. The thing is, we shouldn't discredit him for his actual good work as well. But when you see something like this, it, it becomes clear why some things 
is done the way they are. Yeah. Um, especially if he's had a hand in it's almost he's touched everything. It he's yeah. touched every part of it. <laughs> exactly. Now, and, but now that's the, the, the worst part about it, isn't it? The fact that much. he's left the show. So the first six episodes, which are considered part one, he did. He wrote, yep. then he executive produced and so on and so forth. And then he left the project to do, because it was too much to do, apparently. And I understand this is all the, that the, the crux of the entire Justice League debacle. So there's obviously mm-hmm. more to it than him just leaving. And now it's been passed on to somebody else. So again, the reason why I don't, I didn't enjoy reviewing it is because not take Whedon out of it because I really wanted to give the show a chance. All right. Yeah. But now you change showrunners midway and you've only given us four episodes out of a possible 12. So what is the second half going to be like? How am I supposed to review a show when I haven't seen it in, in entirety? Do, does is that make Zach sense? Snyder going to step in? And no, yes, exactly. No, you're right, Edward. Because now there's a whole other director that's been introduced and that's going to be taking over. And I'm just like, that means it's going to be a new feel. Everything's going to feel different. And I'm also wondering if he knew he was going to do that. And that's why the first four episodes feel so rushed in terms of exposition and content. I think like, so. like, like there's so much sense. introduced in the first four episodes. When I say a lot, I'm talking about there is a rival gang that is, that is just in town, which Miss, I almost said Miss Peregrine, uh, which Miss, Mrs. Truth has to go up against. Then there's the elite that she has to go up against. Then there's the whole sex brothel storyline. Then there's a whole other storyline of the billionaire doing bad things on the side. Then there's another storyline of some doctor who's doing awful experiments on the touch. Then there's another storyline to do with the um, police officer. Do you get why there's like, there's so of this much four in four episodes. I kid you not. Like, yeah. like I just, look, now they're long. They're like an hour long each. And yes, there's enough exposition, but there's not, not enough. Like the fact that it skipped ahead three years after the the incident that gave powers to me is a blunder because I would have liked to have seen it from the beginning and how people start exploring their abilities versus now skipping ahead three years. All of these people have their abilities. You know, why couldn't we have had an origin story here? The origin story should have been the first six episodes. And, I, and then yeah. and then when the split comes, I can understand the actual skip. Because yes. then that makes sense. Yes. Because it would feel different. Yeah. Now, the other thing as well is that as, cool, as, much, as great as the abilities are in that, it is very much lost within this fake Victorian drama slash comedy. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, it's an average show. When it comes out, and it will be airing in South Africa on Showmax once a week from the 11th of April, do give it a chance. Do give it a try. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's riveting. I... I pushed myself to watch those four episodes. And normally if I enjoy something, I will binge it. I really had to get myself Just to go past those two episodes and then the final mm. two. <laughs> I, I will guess. say that there were one or two cliffhangers which were cool, but honestly not enough for me to really be like, ooh, what's next? I was like, eh, if I never know what goes on, oh well, I'll what live. Is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, eh. <laughs> now, this... I, we were, I was actually expecting a much bigger debate with Edward in terms of, of Joss Whedon. Um, which, yeah. if, are you still interested in doing it, Ed? Or shall we just move on? Because I, I really don't want to give this guy much more air time. I, I think for brevity, it's better to move on. 
Yeah. Right now, we've spoken a lot about things that are pointlessly gendered, right? Pretty much. And I find that, that. Look, it's quite funny. It's funny because I didn't expect this episode to have that as the central theme. Not at all. And yet, here we are. So, um, I found two very interesting things that I want to speak about. And one has to do with pain and the other one has to do with artificial intelligence. Thing is, they're both about gender. (laughs) So, you know... Isn't everything at the end of the day? Having a gender discussion is well worthwhile because it's it's a part of life, you know, it's important to make note of these kinds of things. Look, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I, I want to bring them up, and as always, we will link to both. So, the first one has to do with how pain, weirdly enough, is pointlessly gendered. Now, I've always been under the, well, I guess stereotype is the correct term, that women have much higher pain thresholds, correct? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, because they give birth and so on and so forth. Exactly. And, you know, you would think that that because somebody has a higher pain threshold, at least in my mind, that if they had to come to you and say they were in pain, you would think, okay, this is, must be bad. You know? Yeah. Well, it turns out it's actually the opposite. <laughs> According to the Journal of Pain um, from uh, the March issue, I know, can That's you believe there's actually name. a Journal of Pain? And this is not even some BDSM stuff. This is legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out that um, there is a le- that people, when they look at men and women and their expressions of pain, it just so happens that, and this is, this is partly to do because of society and um, I would imagine stereotypes, that healthcare professionals and normal people, and, and I, I'm, I'm accentuating that for a reason, is because healthcare workers would often prescribe medication for pain to men and psychological treatment to women for a very similar situation. Which is really strange, you know, regardless of the fact of the pain being the same or not. Now, initially, the research determined that, no, this is a healthcare worker bias. But then they did studies where they took normal people in their normal homes, okay, um, whereby, you know, they they can report pain at at home and so on and so forth. And they they got them in and they allowed them to look at images of, of men and women in pain, you know, from a scale of low, medium to high. And the results were fascinating because although initially there was the, the, the presupposition that healthcare workers, you know, use stereotypes to, you know, form an opinion on pain but with genders, mm-hmm. it turns out that it's anybody. It's not just healthcare. So mm-hmm. in the in the study, I think it was like two hundred people or so on and so forth, and they, they did it over some time. It turned out that that regardless of the sex of the person that was viewing the pain, whether it doesn't matter, male or female, the results were equal they both had a tendency towards, you know, surmising that the man was being more truthful with his pain than the woman was. And I know it's strange, right? It's strange. And there's some, uh, you know, supposition that it's got to do with with gender stereotypes, whereby, you know, the stereotypical male doesn't show emotion. So therefore, you know, he's, he's stoic in his resolve. So if he's showing pain in his face, it must be bad. You see? 
Whereas the 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 you know this, for for women, it's that oh you know they're more in tune with their emotions. Uh, women express their, their their emotions more frequently, so therefore, if she's saying she's in pain, it might not be as bad. You see, this is not what I'm saying. This is what the research and the the stereotypes behind the research have revealed. That's that sounds kind of insulting. That right not stereotype. It's just like. Oh no, you're obviously lying to me about your pain. <laughs> like, what? You see, look, this is the thing that I find strange, right? So the stereotype is that women have higher pain thresholds. So therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, I would have assumed that if, if a woman was showing pain, way. that it's worse. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it, it makes you think of the other stereotype where men who are sick, you know, they're like, you know, oh, dying. Meanwhile, it's not even half bad. So for me, the study was incredibly enlightening. Because it proved mm. the opposite of what I would have anticipated. Does that make sense? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, it does. So it's 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 very interesting. Um, as always, we link below to the, the the full on study, so you can actually have a look at it, read into it. Um, and of course, they, they do they do say the researchers did say that it's very difficult and it's very complex to ascertain pain and what people think about pain. Yeah, but the study did show that that you know gender stereotypes, and you know this, the most interesting thing was it wasn't that more men were, were were negative against women or more women were negative against men. It's just both men and women both perceive almost the same ratio, which I thought was very interesting yeah. in terms of um, you know who they thought was actually really in pain and who wasn't. <laughs> That's the thing. At the end of the day, we're all just sacks of flesh, and we all feel the same. You know. Pain is pain. You see, um, remember we discussed previously with me and my back. So yeah. I learned towards the end of 2020 that I actually have a high pain threshold. So if I feel pain in my back, I have to, I've got to take note because it means yeah. that at that point in time, I'm already maybe not too far gone, but it's an issue. Yeah. You know, which it goes against. <laughs> You know, like what, what my initial perception was. Does it make sense? Like if I yeah, study, yeah, yeah. the study means that, yeah, that's right, bitches. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm strong. <laughs> but no, I'm not at all. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just interesting. And, and this now leads into something else that I think is something we've got to be very careful of. And it's got to do with AI. So now we've spoken about pain. As it so happens, when it comes to artificial intelligence, the opposite is true for things that shouldn't be gendered but are. So as it so happens, artificial intelligence devices or beings or whatever we want to call them that have a female nature to them are more preferred by both men and women. And this, again, has to do with the stereotype of the fact that a lady is more nurturing, more caring. You know, everybody who's been fortunate enough to have a mom or a mother figure in their life to know that they are that women are generally perceived to be more as carers in, in you know, in, in upbringing. Now, I'm not trying to take away from people who are single fathers or anything like that. I'm just stating that this is the general stereotype. And so apparently they did, they did a study and they did over 3,000 people participated. And it's so, it just so happens that female AIs are considered more trustworthy and more attuned to caring for your needs well <laughs> um it wasn't a female AI that tried to kill 
kill an entire space team. That was a man. The Odyssey. <laughs> so there's that. It's a space Odyssey, right? Uh, yeah. Hell, Hell 3000. Yes. Yep. Look, it's just interesting. And the, obviously, it's good that they're doing research into this because we kind of need to know, you know, in the future, when scientists are putting things together, what is going to be most approachable? You know, when we eventually have robots in the home and so on and so forth. But then again, this then brings up a greater topic for discussion. And that is like, and the researchers actually mentioned this as one of the issues of the fact that we're leaning more towards female AI versus male AI is that you're essentially transforming women into objects. If you, you know, you're objectifying the fact that a, a inanimate object must be female for it to have sentience, you know? And in, well, th- in that sense, it, look, it's an argument to be had, you know? Yeah, the thing is, it's not, I would argue that it's not the object being female, it's the object just having a female voice. You, you see, um, that's how I would perceive it. But understand, yeah. so... In addition to this, the study, that they came across two things, and these are obvious, okay? People who are of older generation and narcissists, weird that that's the one other trait that they picked out, um, didn't care for the female voice. Mm. Um, you know, because they obviously believed in their own, you know, specifically men now, all right? Um, the thing is, though, the reason why people are worried about it is because think of Siri, right? And you ask her to do things. She's fulfilling a need in your life. Now, she is technically in an object, like a watch or a phone. So therefore, that object, which now has a female attribution to it, is now fulfilling its owner's needs. Therefore, in a way, it's becoming objectively female. And therefore, objectified. (laughs) I know I might be... It sounds like I'm reaching... But this is ge- this is genuinely something to you know. It's, it's good that, that researchers are thinking about things like that, yeah. You know, and, and bringing credence to it because society is working very hard to stop objectifying the sexes, regardless mm. of what gender you are a part of. So the issue then becomes if we're now focusing more on one gender, specifically if we're moving into a future where people don't even want to be gendered, how is this going to work? You see. So these are the yeah. questions and things that everybody is talking about at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add to that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like honestly, like my Siri. Okay, I like the Irish accent. So is my it male Siri or female, is female and okay. Irish. Um, but then I've never actually put any thought into whether it should be male or female. I think it could be a subconscious thing. I like the female voice. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I don't want Siri to be a man and talk to me. Mm. <laughs> I mean, then no, like, honestly, the option. Uh, look, you it, are it, given the it, option. It really, so. it made me think when I read the study. I was like, yeah. why do you have a female British voice? And, See, I was, and, and I was like, because I like a woman to talk to me. See, and, and that's, that's why I'm asking <laughs> if it's subconscious. Because I, as I said, I've never put any thought into it, but... That is my preference. Uh, that's usually the, f- the first voice I download because yes. I just like it. Look, I, I've listened to the other voices and mm. I just I don't like the guys. Yeah. Sorry. I, no offense. I mean, I just... <laughs> yeah, I like, pref- sorry. I, I, look, and this is the truth. I prefer my assistant to be feminine. 
And yeah. it's and it's not because I want to have control over her or anything. I just like the, the intonations. I like the way her voice sounds as a lady. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. To me, it makes sense. <laughs> so you, our listeners and watchers, what do you think about this? How do you yeah. feel about this? Do and, you use Google Assistant? Do you use Amazon Alexa? Tell us. Let us know. Yeah. All right, now moving on to something a little less controversial. <laughs> Welcome a little to more scientific. NSFW. <laughs> yes. Ah, Ed, 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 Ed. I haven't even had a chance to look through what it is you have here. All I know is that we've had to cut out all sorts of other things because a we are way, way, way over budget for time. But... Yep. We know how much y'all love NSFW, which is why we are here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ed, tell me, all I see is something about the bougie coochie. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so bougie coochie. Uh, ah, coochie, ah okay. So, so uh, we, we've been speaking a lot about gendered stuff and why stuff should be gendered. And for this one, especially, I figured that, yeah, I'll, I'll get both. Um, and... So, so okay, so let me get just into it instead of just explaining myself. So I went into a bit of a another ra- ra- rabbit hole this week. You're always the, going into holes, Ed. I know. Apparently, I love them. So <laughs> tripping into them holes, yo. yeah. <laughs> stairs and holes. That, that's kind of my 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 anthem at the moment. So. I've been reading about about all sorts of liquids, okay, coming from the nether regions, um, including discharges. And that got me thinking about, so we all know about the usual discharge, the ejaculate, the orgasm, what, 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 what. Um, But what are they really? So I thought I would educate myself. And why not in turn educate you guys? and girls, and whoever else is listening. So, there are, turns out there there are mainly five reasons of discharge for both men and women. Okay. Um, but I will list the, the vaginal discharges first. Um, and four, which, which I find very, very um, cute in a way, um, vaginal what? discharge. How is discharge Listen, cute? Let me get there. Good grief. Um, the, the way it's, it's check your misogyny <laughs> Sorry. The way it's it's categorized um, is it's in cat in colors. Now, obviously, for both men and women, different discharges have different colors. But I do like the way they kind of the at least the 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 link we will post in the show notes. I like the way they put it. So there are five main. Uh, basically reasons for discharge to happen and these include and are also based on the color of the discharge now going down the list the most common and normal discharge is transparent or egg white is this no. the one that all spots where they all do uh would would because remember it's the same ph as coffee remember we did discuss this yes so yeah. this could also make um underwear a different color this is essentially underwear. the one that, okay. that that burns your underwear. Yes. Okay. Um, so so it usually it, it, 
if you have this, many females will never even realize that they that they are giving it off. Um, they only see their panties are discolored, or um, that sometimes they'll they'll go and wipe, and it's a little more bit more gooey than usual. This is normal. You shouldn't need to worry about this at all. And then moving on to red. Now red it's not necessarily blood, crimson red, but but we all know what the shot that is. Yes. Um, but more like um, liquidy red, more like almost um, almost transparent red. Now this is usually an indication of your menstrual cycle coming on. This is your ovaries doing their thing. It's normally normal. Uh, usually it's a normal thing. Um, but it can also, if, if you know your period is still two weeks away or it just happened, this is usually then um, a sign of injury down there, um, whether you got a knock down there while playing hockey or whether you scratched yourself a little bit too hard while doing something. Sex, um, I was just going to say. Could that, yeah, I mean... it's, um, it's usually a sign of injury. And if it's bad or if you... If you itch because of this, it's good to get. So, if you be riding your partner to the sunset, this might then, be. <laughs> then you might be damaging your partner, yeah, or well yourself even. Um, so it's good to go see a doctor then because you shouldn't take chances with this kind of thing. Um, and also, straight on to the next blood-related one is brown, um, which usually indicates. Of, uh, this one usually comes after a period, um, but it also comes after many other reasons. Like um, if you had blood down there after an injury, it's dried blood. And the reason for this is because the, the acids, um, the, your, the enzymes in your vagina, usually it, it digests um, the blood and it digests anything down there um, in order to keep it clean. So it becomes browner more quickly. Um, usually this is because of after a period. Um, if you have it before, again, it's... it's In other words, see a if doctor. it's brown and you haven't had your period, you should get it checked. Yes, because that means you didn't get the previous one checked. Um, and it kept <laughs> bleeding. So and see, it, it was a cascading that. effect. Okay? Yes, Y'all. essentially. You want to what... keep your coochie bougie? You make sure you look after it. Okay? <laughs> exactly. But what is even worse, um, but not the worstest, the wor- the most worst test. Just keep going, please, because <laughs> you're killing me with this. <laughs> worst cysts. You know, this is the same as people who are, um, when they say funnest. Oh no, gosh, it's no. the most fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> who, who says that? People say it. People say it. <laughs> well, anyway, so turns out that you can get green, yellow, or even blue discharge down there. While we're here, now do us all a favor and Google blue waffle. No, don't. <laughs> Please do not no, listen to I mean, us. Okay. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So we're look, we're currently talking about discharge from the vagina. All right. Yes. And it's, it's actually very interesting. And I'm especially here reading about all the different colors in that. Now, if you actually want to see what an absolutely awful infection looks like down there, which really should not have gotten that far to begin with, Google Blue Waffle. Uh, to that end, I will mention that the internet is healing itself. Um, 
if you Google that now, you will only get links to the actual medical stuff about it. Um, oh, the good, but that's great. Away. That's perfect. That's actually the, what you the, want. The you Google know? algorithm has, has learned not that people are getting <laughs> scarred by seeing this first. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Google it anyway. Um, and to the... And okay, also, so, so you, you were saying we've gone from transparent, red, brown, like green or yellow. To colors, Which you're yes. saying here, anything that's an odd color is bad. Yes, very bad. Um, in 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 short, colors mean STIs. In short, hashtag blue waffle. Yeah. Um, Unless you've literally got it there. Like, even blue is an indication of an STI. Yes. No, more so, than anything, it used to be that funny thing that everybody used to Google, you know, to give you that shock value. But honestly, because of what we're speaking about now, I'm really considering it more from an educational standpoint. Yes. Yeah. It, I, I understand that correctly. Uh, 100%. Um, they even call it the blue waffle SDI. Yes, so yes. there is that. Um, and that's the blue one. I actually don't know the medical term. <laughs> but green and yellow usually um, Listen, links back any to of the colors that, that isn't any of the other colors. And you, <laughs> haven't, and you haven't been to like a holy festival or whatever, you know, you know, the, the paint festival that throws up in you. Then please. Why would you have this charge of you? I don't know because it maybe it gets in there. I don't know, or, or maybe wow. you, you hook up with some random at the at the Holly Festival. You know? Oh, then it's even I don't know what y'all do worry. out there. You know? Um, yeah, essentially, be worried when you get blue, green, okay, yellow, and, and, any and the, color. The final one, and then you get curdy whites, which why? is basically why curdy. You mean like curd? Like yes, because like I love like lemon curd, and I know. now that's what I'm thinking of now. Yeah, that's literally it. If 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 it feels weird, and if it's if it looks weird, and if it's especially thick, um, you probably have a fungal infection. Mm. Now, most of the time, this is um, this comes with a very bad smell as well, uh, mm-hmm. like an extremely bad. But green, yellow, blue. Listen, you also come if, if, if you're getting multicolored down there, go please. Go to your yep. nearest clinic and get yourself sorted out because then it's yeah. already too late. <laughs> no, 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 this is genderless, as I said before. Yes. Um, so it turns well, out I mean, penis... not necessarily genderless, just that these are the ones for vagina, and now you're moving on to penis. Well, it's very much the same. Oh, um, now see, yeah. see, now that is interesting to me. Yes. So it turns out that you can get penile discharge. Yes, of course most you can. Men. Well, not the uh, see so, so the usual discharge. <laughs> we dis- you discharge every time term. we have a good time. <laughs> exactly, that is literally a discharge. But apart from those, um, many men will have it, and they will never know um, what the, because the penis isn't as liquid oriented as as the vagina is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and most of the time it's dry unless you unless you're dipping. That, well, I mean, you know, it's it's more. So, look, I'm looking at your, your first part here, right? So you're talking about a jacket, but then you also talk about smegma. Now, the yes. interesting thing about smegma is it's mostly for people who are uncircumcised because yes. you have the foreskin, and what happens is, is smegma is just a, it's a very natural... And people, when we were kids, you call it cheese. It's cheese around there. Yeah. You know, it's, yep. it's, I mean, it's a really awful visual, but that is kind of what it looks like. That's now, literally what it is. Now, yeah. the thing is, smegma is actually healthy. It's not necessarily an awful, yeah, it's, it's awful not thing. Anybody who is uncircumcised gets it, which is why you learn to clean yourself, to pull yes. back the skin when you wash, and that's it. And then dry um, properly. Yes, correct, correct. 
And, yeah. you know, it's, it is very normal. It is very natural. Um, yes. Of course, if you don't clean it and you leave it, that's it's when things bad. get bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not great. It's not great. So basically, I never knew this. I thought it's only a skin condition, but it is also considered a discharge. A yeah. Because you, you, turns you, out that you only thought it was a skin condition? I did. I actually oh. did. Um, no, I always knew that. Well, I mean, in my limited exposure to people who are um, uncircumcised, you know, uh, you know, your cousins and things, you know, it is, it is what it is, you know, and you're curious yeah. and you ask. And I remember being a child, my mom explaining it to me, you know, doing a good motherly job and being like, no, you don't have to worry <laughs> about that because you, you know, you're circumcised, but your cousin isn't. And this is what it is. And there's nothing to worry about. And it's not gross. Because I remember, and this is so, I mean, I was very young. I remember being in the bath and being like, you know, like he was cleaning himself and obviously he pulled it back and it all came out. I got out of that bath so fast. I was like, I was like, can you visual. not be doing that while I'm in the bath with you? And I'm talking about you were small, man. We're like, eight. Hey. you know, we were young. And I just got out and I was like, ew. And my mother was like, it's not. He's just cleaning himself. It's normal. At least, you know, he must clean. That's all. You know, she was, was very, uh, anyway, this is my. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, if you leave it, it gets bad. It's yes. smelly as well. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, that that's literally how you learn how to clean well. Um, but it turns out that if you continue leaving it, um, including smegma, and if you just aren't hygienic enough, you get things like urethritis, which is basically inflammation of yeah. the of the shaft. And usually, when you do this, you'll get discharge. Okay, hold up, yellow hold on, hold on. Or green. before you talk about urethritis. Edward yeah. has two previous points here that we just need to get to quickly. So the first uh, one is pre-ejaculative. Look, these are the yeah. basic ones. Ed. These are the yeah, other I ones we need to, to go like work super in-depth. No, another point just, later. but It's pre-ejaculative. That's the one where like you're like, you're super horny, but you haven't quite gotten there yet. And a little bit like sticks out. This is why you don't do the pull-out technique. Okay. Yep. And then the good stuff. The stuff that shoots out and it's the baby making juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that, is now it is on urethritis. Yes. And you're talking about yellow and green grief. I'm already just thinking about it. Like this, like I couldn't, not that I couldn't relate to talking about the coochie bougie, but you know, here I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, if I had to see yellow or green pus come out of my penis, I probably would pass out. I really think so. Yeah. See, so, so the thing with this is that most of the time when you have an infection, uh, it, it, is you just have burning pee and you don't really get discharged. Um, yeah. Turns out that you do. Um, it's just in the shaft and you pee it out without so even noticing. You're talking about like a UTI, which is fairly yeah, not uncommon, it. but it's, it's, it's a little UTI. bit less, a little bit less, yeah. Um, no, urethritis is the UTI. Um, the UTI? It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's yeah. Essentially, yeah. I will get down to actual UTIs later, but this is also one. Um, and essentially, most men will never even know they have it because it's just a little bit of a burning sensation um, when you pee, and the little bit of pus there is will get peed out while you don't. You're probably not even looking at it. Um, you should be looking because you've got to be. Angry. And it's not leaking. But it can also be a sign of herpes simplex and gonorrhea. Um, so just okay, yeah. Just one more reason why you should be covering up. Yeah, really? just always cover. cover really. Up. And then the next point is balanitis. 
um, which is. I was like, I read it as Belantis because I didn't see the other I, and I was like, is this like the B-rated version of Atlantis? <laughs> Sounds like. <You> know? <laughs> um, so this is also an inflammation. It turns out that most of these are inflammation type of type of things. Isn't everything um, down there inflammatory? Right. <laughs> so this is also an inflammation, but this is a little bit worse. So what happens is that the it's inflammation of the tip. Um, you know, the, the head of the show, of the penis. Um, and what happens is you, you you develop a rash, but like a blotchy one. So if you look at if if you look at your penis, um, and you'll you'll get it like around the tip. That's usually what this is. Um it also comes with a, a burning sensation with being usually very, very, very bad. And it itches super a lot but the discharge this time with belenitis is not from the shaft itself it's from the skin oh gosh. yes and, and it's it it's described as so amazing so much worse. <laughs> yeah it's i think it's because we are men i guess no, no not, um, not that like i mean even if we have to think about the vagina right so like yeah. most of the stuff we spoke about it came from the inside but yes. imagine if they're around the vulva, it was leaking. You know, it's, yeah, it's not it's nice. nice. Skin stuff is just... <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. This is most of the time caused by bad hygiene, by not washing this. Why y'all got to wash down there? Come on. Yeah. It can also be a cause from be caused from soaps and lotions, and maybe even condoms, though. Um, but it's only so- allergy-related. Although I yeah. see here STDs of like ninety percent of these things, y'all, y'all, yeah. please, gosh. <laughs> um, now, another note is that this is more common through uncircumcised men, obviously because they have the skin and everything. But even then, it's only witnessed in three percent of men. So it's a very look. So I, I can't imagine that would be not one that's just easy all the time. I mean, you really mustn't wash for you to have something down there. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, you really mustn't wash. That's why I think most of these come from either people who really can't wash or people who are allergic to something. Yeah, or allergies, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, it can also be a sign of STDs, which includes chlamydia and gonorrhea. Now, we already discussed chlamydia and gonorrhea for vaginas, okay? For the penis, um, it's it's much more... Especially yeah, there's in there's no blue sausage. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. In that case, it's blood. Blue sausage is blood, and that means you've been blue-balled, dear men uh, listening to this. Um, what? <laughs> I'm digressing. Um, no, no. No, no. I'm Explain. digressing. I'll get to that next week. Oh, um, what a tease. <laughs> so... Chlamydia for men is 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 also the same. It, it's burning. It's bad, but the testicles swell up when men get STDs. Most STDs, um, not herpes, not crabs, but chlamydia oh, swells up. Not crabs. Those are actual like creatures. I know. <laughs> oh, it, this is an awful discussion that we're talking creatures. about now. I have not been enjoying these two segments. <laughs> but it, but you've been learning. Um, essentially, essentially, um, it's a watery mucus. 
um, that that comes from the tip. Um, and if you look down in your old GUI down there, that's a sign to go see the doctor. Uh, it is anyway, to be fair. Now, gonorrhea on the other side is both of those things, but it also burns like crazy. Um, it, it burns so badly like that it doesn't feel in pain. Listen, listen. Okay. If it yeah? be burning, be smelling, be oozing, go to the damn doctor. Okay. Yes. There we go. But Y'all be happy now. <laughs> okay. On top of that, <laughs> if it's not burning and not smelling and not anything, but it's sometimes itching, sometimes just... A little bit of pee, but not always. Even when you have fever, it's it, you could have a UTI, which is just uh, urethritis or balanitis. Um, and even then, it's good to go see the doctor. But also, um, uh, the, the point I wanted to get across is that this, it's usually not something attributed to men in mainstream media or whatever. But main experience this. Yeah, that's so um, when you I hear what you're saying. When when you aren't are burning down there, most men just sleep it off. I just did it the other week. Um I was burning Okay, I will speak from my own perspective. Okay. Yeah. You will know when it's time yeah. to go to the doctor. Yeah. So that was about uh two years ago. No, three years ago. Uh it was just after the house burned down. Obviously, um, my body was reacting to all of the stress of having lost everything. And I had never had an STI before. I mean, not an STI. That sounds like a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, a UTI. I had never, I've never also had, never had an STI, just FYI, while we're talking about it. Anyway, <laughs> I've never had a urinary tract infection record. And yeah. I got one. And I didn't know what it was. was. That's the honest truth. Mm. I know that it sounds so ignorant, you know, as, as an educated person, I should know. But what ended up happening was, I just noticed that um, it was burning ever, ever so slightly. I mean, it was negligible. I didn't really think anything yeah. of it. What got me to go to the doctor, though, was that I started getting pain in my testicles. Oh. And um, it was not severe, like, you know, I couldn't do anything, but it was there. And, mm. I, you know, it was more concerning. Nobody wants that, you know. Go to the doctor and they, um, you know, they do the urine test and the blood test and everything. Thankfully, everything was fine. I even had my prostate checked at the time, just in case. Good. And it was, he basically just told me, he's like, no, look, it's a UTI. And it can be triggered from stress, from, mm -hmm. because, you know, what we had gone through, it made my body very acidic. So I, I was even suffering from gout at the time, which is, I hadn't had an attack in about three years. But, you know, obviously improper, you know, we didn't have, a, we weren't living in a proper place. We were living with friends. So, you know, I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't drinking enough. You know, there was a lot of contributing factors, but more than anything else, it was the stress. Yeah. Um, it cleared up. It gave me, I think it was two rounds of antibiotics to really just get it out of there. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is you'll know. Because, sure, I probably should have picked up the initial symptom, but I didn't really think much of it. But the secondary one was very much a, okay, something's not right. Let me really go. You'll know. Trust me, you'll know. And I'm, yeah. I have a feeling it's the same for... For ladies as well, you'll know. You will feel the burn. You will feel it's uncomfortable, yeah. um, and you'll you'll take the necessary steps. Yes, the, the 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 takeaway point here is that you shouldn't be too afraid to just go to a doctor. 
you should never leave stuff, especially if it starts burning. Yeah. And if it if you notice, if you're burning of course, and just remember, it's hands, not always noticeable, as you yourself have said. Yes. Yeah. You know, because not everybody has a severe burn. You know, it's very, yep. it's often very mild. Also, also, let's be real here. Anybody who's decided to rub one out with soap will know that burns afterwards as well. So yeah. who knows? You could have mistaken that for the thing. I'm not saying I did that, but it is very real. <laughs> yeah, we're not confirming or denying that. <laughs> now, with, with that, with that, this is a very small little section we can speak about. I found this, mm-hmm. my final, finally a contribution to NSFW. <laughs> I found a website called rednight.com. So for all of you wonderful connoisseurs of the internet who actually use Reddit for the way that it is supposed to be used, and that is just for an excellent repository of information as it happens and when it happens. And images. Someone, <laughs> someone created something called Red Knight. And what it is, is it's a website that aggregates all of the wonderful, delicious, yummy NSFW content available throughout the whole of Reddit, but all wonderfully laid out for whatever category you're interested in. <laughs> so uh, as just, always, we will link below to it. So if you do click and enjoy, let us know. <laughs> I'm clicking and enjoying now. Um, just <laughs> of course you are. Just make listening. sure your thing is muted, please. <laughs> <laughs> just for those listening, it is double D, Red Knight. Yes. So if, if, if you are, yes, that's correct. If you're, if you're listening, it's R E D D. N-I-G-H-T dot com. Cool. For that double D. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> now, on, on top of that, I found the GIF version of that. No. Um, well, not so much as found as I learned about it through the subreddits that I actually <laughs> usually go to um, instead of Red Knight. Is it's called Red, Red GIF. Yes, it's Red Jeff. Um, I'm only following. Just forgive it. Yeah. So, so, so the, the idea behind it is that people coming from Giphy Cats, um, that used to be the Jeff repository um, for. No, no, hold on. Things. Why are you Giphy Cat but Jeff? Is it called Jiffy Cat? It's called Giphy Cat. No, no, it's no. It's not called Jiffy Cat. No, no, no. If the, it's the, a Jeff, it's the Jiffy Cat. The founders said it's called Giphy Cat. Mm-hmm. Just like how. The Just because the founder says it's, it's said, meant to be pronounced that way doesn't mean it's meant to be pronounced that way. <laughs> so shall I call it Jiffy Cat then? Yes. So it's your Jiff. You might as well call it Jiffy Cat. No, I'll call it Giffy Cat mm. because that's what the founder said. Okay, y'all. For those of you who are listening, anyway. is it GIF or Jiff? <laughs> it's G-I-F. Um, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. GIF. Thank so, you. So anyway, this is where... This became a thing after Gifficat essentially, I, I don't want to say it, it got destroyed on the internet, but essentially it, it removed all the triple X rated stuff. And then everyone needed to migrate. And that's where Red Jeffs was born. Um, cool. So that's it. And yeah. You have two phenomenal resources for all of your NSFW needs. Pretty much. And that puts us at the end of SFW. <laughs> okay. Wow. Very, very long episode, Ed. Um, yeah. 
did not expect to speak that much, to be perfectly honest with you. No. Should have known ahead of time that no. those reviews and previews, especially that Whedon section, which I really... We, initially, when Edward and I were discussing the fact that I was doing the Nevers and reviewing it, um, I, I, I aired my grievances to him about how I wanted to give the show a chance because I don't really want to critique it just because of Whedon's involvement. I mean, that's not fair to everybody involved in the show. Yeah. But at the time... I just couldn't look past it. I just couldn't. And we were actually going to speak about it a lot more, but I kind of feel we did a good enough job to leave it as it was and not give him any more airtime than is necessary. Yeah, the thing is, many of the things we wanted to discuss anyway was... Like Jurassic Park! You know I love Jurassic Park. The fact that I cut from this is killing me. (laughs) Don't worry. Next week, we might have even more to discuss. (laughs) Actually, Actually, I do. A new dinosaur was discovered, so I'm going to add that. There we go. <laughs> uh, didn't they just discover a new fossil or something as well? No, no. No hints. Just like your blue ball thing for next week. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, for our wonderful Kettle listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope you all had a wonderful time. As always, we love hearing from you. So please DM us, email us, whatever it is you want to do. The link is below if you want to contact us. And from myself and Edward, once again, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Ciao now. Bye.